Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Sunday morning. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have together coming to your house today. Father, I ask that you just open our eyes and open our ears that we may hear and see and receive the Word of God and all the things that we do. We ask that the Holy Spirit be present with us. And we thank you for the, this day in history. I was informed this morning that this is Pentecost Sunday. Is that right, Diane? So we're going to thank you, Lord, for all that. We ask that you just bless us as we come and study your word and hear the word preached. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, we talk in here a lot we preach on salvation every Sunday, don't we? Preach on it every Sunday. We preach on it on Friday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night. We even preach about it when we're asleep. Okay? But salvation is one of the most important things that we can talk about. You know, and, and that's the truth, Les. It is thinking God. When we do what God has called us to do in that in that format, we are worshiping God and giving Him praise. Friday night we learned a word. We learned some of our word study. We did praise and worship. That was the two words that we used Friday night. Do you know that those two words we put them hand in hand all the time? It's praise and worship, right? Do you know that they are two separate entities altogether? Praise is one thing. Worship is something else. That, did, that blew me away when I read that because I've always associated praise and worship as together. But it's really not even close. We use it together, don't we? The church today, let's have a praise and worship service. Well, if you really have a praise and worship service, what's it look like? What does a praise and sir worship service really look like? Praising God, according to the dictionary, according to the biblical dictionary, and even according to the skip scriptures, yeah, it's easy for me to say, according to the scripture, praise is a voicing of your approval of something. And there's several ways to do that, isn't there? You can praise through song. You can praise through teaching. Or this is going to blow you away. You can actually praise God by being obedient to what he says. It's the greatest praise there is, isn't it? Being obedient to somebody is a great praise to them, isn't it? So worship, what is worship? What does the word worship really mean? Come on, somebody help me here. Huh? Surrendering to God. But worship in itself is an act of obedience because we are to kneel, bow our heads, and pray. If I'm going to worship something, how, do, how does most people worship something? Think about that. How do you worship something? 
you kneel to it, don't you? You give it your all. You raise your hands up. You look up in the sky. You do all kinds of different things to worship something. So praise and worship is talking about God and being obedient to God. Weird, huh? Come on Friday night, you get all kinds of intel like this. We teach a lot of stuff about different words, don't we, Dave? Milford, we teach about words that we throw out there every day. That people just throw those words out, and you don't even know what it means. You're just throwing a word out there. Come on Friday night and hear what the word really has to say. Learn what a word means. And if you're going to use a word like praise and worship, make sure you know what you're talking about. Make sure you use the word in the proper way. Now, am I saying it ain't good to sing? No, I didn't say that. It's perfectly fine for us to come in here and sing praise to God. God likes singing. He may not like my singing, but he likes singing. So that's a sidebar. I was killing time waiting on them to get out here. <laughs> no, really, guys, we have to learn what we're supposed to do. Why do we have Bible studies? Why do we have preaching services? Is it for me to walk you through salvation? Yeah. But it's also to teach you what God has for you and what God expects from you. We need to receive what God has for us in order to know if we're worshiping God in the right way. If we don't know what to do, how are we going to do it? Does that make sense? So, <sighs> I'm going to read to you out of Psalms this morning, which is one of the greatest praise writers there was. Kind of led up to this, didn't I? Praise comes from David in this instance. Fifty-five, I'm sorry. Psalms fifty-five. David wants to talk to God, and he wants to talk to God about some stuff going on. And this is one of the greatest things, one of the greatest tools we have as Christians. Y'all understand that? And you're going to understand it more here in a minute, because this is one of the greatest tools we have. You there? Say amen. Start reading in Psalms 55, verse 1. Give ear to my prayers, O God. And do not hide yourself from my supplications. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they bring down trouble upon me, and in which they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me. And the terrors of death have fallen upon the fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. And honor has overwhelmed me. I said, oh God, that I had wings like a dove. That I could fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Shalom. I would hasten to escape from the windy storm and trumpets. Destroy, O oh Lord, 
and divide their tongues. For I have been violent and stirf in the city. Day and night they go around it. And the walls, integrity, and trouble are also in the midst of it. He's crying out, isn't he? He's got a lot of the things going on in his life that goes on in our life every day. How many of y'all had no trouble last week at all? How many of y'all had no bad feelings last week at all? You had no bad feelings at all? God bless you. I'm going to tell you something. If you're walking in the presence of God, and you're walking the way God's called you to walk, and you're actually making a difference in the kingdom, you're going to have some kind of troubles in your life. You may not acknowledge them. You may not see it as trouble. But you're going to have things that come against you. You're going to have people trying to divide you from God. And if you don't have people doing it, Satan himself will do it. Satan will try to disrupt your life in some way that keeps you from being able to approach God with an open heart. Does that make sense? Some of us didn't get saved until we were later on in life. And we were soldiers for the devil. We worked hard for the kingdom of hell. And we did a lot of stuff to get other people to go too. Sometimes we just tell people how to get there. And sometimes we show them how to get there. But the reality to it is this, guys. When God steps into your life and you accept the Christ as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't stop there. You're going to have troubles come. You're going to have things coming against you. And you're going to have upsets and woes and hurts. You may not acknowledge them. Guys, listen. If I acknowledged everything that came against me, I'd never have any peace. Seriously. I got to a point in my life where I don't even pay attention to little stuff. It's got to be something big to get my attention nowadays. But I want you to focus on this. All your trials and tribulations, all your things that come against you, all the hurts in your life, all the pain, all the illnesses, all the sicknesses, all of this stuff that's in your life is there to make you stronger. Oh, JR, I don't know if I like that or not. But suck it up, Buttercup, because that's the way it is. God wants us to be tempered. And how do you temper steel, Tony? You heat it up. You get it hot. You boil it. Right? And then you actually beat on it a little bit. And then you stick it down into a quenching oil. It tempers steel, doesn't it? What does God want our lives to be? Tempered as steel. He wants all the junk out of our lives to where we're pure whatever we are. Pure gold, pure silver, pure iron, whatever we are, he wants us to be pure. So, is he going to allow things to happen in our lives to make us that way? 
I don't know how many times I've heard people get mad and say, I don't go to church anymore because God did this. Well, you know, why did God do this? If you learn why you're going through this stuff, it makes it easier to deal with it, don't it? And if you find out that you're not the only one going through some junk, it makes it even easier, doesn't it? You see, <laughs> I don't know how to explain this any better to y'all. God has total control, total power, and total wisdom. We, on the other hand, have no control. We have no power. And we don't really need a whole lot of earthly wisdom, do we? Get rid of that earthly stuff and get into the spiritual stuff, we'd be a lot better off. We learn to live spiritually not by flesh but by the Spirit. We'll be better off people. And how do we do that? Come on, y'all know. You worship, you you praise God, you give thanks to God, you pray, you study the Word of God, you get involved with the Word of God. Oh, my God. Here's another thought. You associate with other people that are doing the same thing. You get involved with people that have the same mind that you have, the same desire that you have. And how do we find those kind of people? Come to church. Come to social events. Talk to people out in public. Sometimes you find out that guy at the table next to you at the restaurant is very smart and very intelligent when it comes to God. Sometimes you find out he's a flake and he's... But then you work on him to get him right, right? <laughs> Don't look at me like that, buddy. <laughs> We have an obligation to follow God's voice. We have an obligation to follow the rules. Where was I, y'all? I lost my place. Huh? Six? I'm at four. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon the fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. I said, here's where I was. I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, that I could fly away and be at rest. And I read that too. I was at 12, wasn't I? Okay, let's go down to 12. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man may equal. A man, my equal. My companion, my acquaintance, we took sweet console together and walked to the house of God in a throng. What did it say? What did it say? We stood up together, we talked together, we praised together, we walked together, and when things come bad, what did we do? Uh, get away from me, man. I don't want nothing to do with you. Stay away from me, Tony. I don't want anything. No, we embrace each other. I need to reach out to you. You need to reach out to me. Y'all need to reach out to each other. Why do we need to reach out to each other in time of troubles? Ooh, Diane, preach that again. 
Build each other up. Hold each other up. Bring comfort to each other. Encouragement. And there's one other word in there that none of y'all don't really want to hear. There's a word in here y'all really don't want to hear. What else are we supposed to do with each other? Be accountable to each other. And none of y'all want to be accountable, right? Huh? No, accountability is when you don't be responsible and you don't do what you're supposed to and somebody sees you doing it and they call you out on it. That's accountability. Woo, y'all don't want that one, do you? Y'all don't want no accountability partners, right? You don't want somebody pointing the finger at you saying, you need to do better. But that's part of it, isn't it? Isn't that part of our relationship with God? Do you think God don't point his finger at you and tell you you need to do better? <laughs> God's sitting up in heaven sometimes saying, oh, Lord, look at those cats. <laughs> what are they doing now? But you know what? It's okay. It's okay not to understand all of it. It really is. But what do we do about something we don't understand? Learn from it. Grow with it. Figure it out. And what's the best way to figure something out? Go to the source. And where's the source of figuring out life? Somebody show me the source. There you go. That's it. It's that book that God gave us, isn't it? It's that Bible that he wrote for us. A lot of people call it the instruction manual before leaving earth. What's he instructed us to do? Be obedient. Be, be trustworthy. Be loving. Be kind. Be gentle. Be humble. Be all kinds of things. But he also tells us don't be stupid. Am I right? He tells us don't walk in our sin. Don't live in the world stuff. Live in God's stuff. How hard is that? Well, according to David, it's pretty hard. I'm talking about this David, not my David. According to David, it gets pretty hard, don't it? Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. For wickedness is their dwelling and among them. Oh, I don't like that one. I don't like that word, do you? As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Who shall save me? The Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me. God will hear and afflict them. Even he who abides from the old. Because they do not change. Therefore, they do not fear God. How many of y'all face people all the time? And I want to talk to you about this. I had this conversation a couple of times this week. What about those people that we share God with? 
And we do all we can do to show them how to walk with God. And they just refuse to take it. What do we do with it? Do what? Discussing this earlier. Sometimes we run into people like that, don't we? We run into people that just do not have a concept of what God is all about. And furthermore, they don't want to know. So what do we do with those people? It's easy. It's easy. And it's so simple that we don't even think about what we should do. First thing we want to do is beg them. We want to sit down with them and chastise them. We want to argue with them. We want to tell them all about what we did and what God did for us. And we just keep on and on and on and on. And finally, we get so frustrated, we just walk away. Can I tell you that's wrong? That's the worst thing you can do is just walk away from them. The simplest thing to do, and y'all are going to laugh when I tell you this. Just love on them. Love them for who they are. Love them for what they are. And then do something very unique. Every time you sit down to pray, put their name on that prayer list. And pray that God will intercede into their life. Because who changes people? Can I change you? Now when you get about a little baby, I can change their diaper, but I can't change them, can I? I can't change your life. You have to be willing to allow God into your life, which will eventually change your life. So is it the preacher that changes you? What about the deacon? What about your dad beating the snot out of you? No. Well, in some cases, yeah. <laughs> but reality is this. The only thing that can change a human being from a sinner to a Christian is God. God's the only one who can do it. Now, there's some factors working in there, isn't there? Faith comes from hearing the Word. Who's supposed to be hearing the Word? The lost are. We're supposed to be giving them the Word. We give them the Word, which grows faith. Then the Holy Spirit starts dealing with them inside their heart and in their mind, and He starts putting things in their in their heart that they starts to burn inside of them. And then they accept Christ. And then what happens? They accepted Christ. We're done, right? They got, we, we did our job. See y'all later. Good luck. Hope you make it. No. We continue to lift them up in prayer. We continue to teach them. We encourage them to learn more. We bring them into Bible studies. We bring them into church services. We do everything we can to show them what God has for them. But who is it, who's responsible for getting that? Who's responsible for getting it to them? We are. Now, sometimes I get behind this pulpit and I start preaching about salvation and I, I get the Holy Spirit come upon me and I start screaming and yelling and hollering and y'all get all excited because JR's getting excited and next thing you know, everybody's excited. But this right here should excite you just as much. 
Because this is teaching you and telling you God has a purpose for you. Your purpose on this earth is not just to look pretty and be popular. What? <laughs> your job on this earth is to tell other people about God. That's your purpose here. And when you stop living out your purpose, what happens? You fail. And when you fail, what blessings do you get? Nada. None. But, Jerry, you don't know what I go through. Yeah, I do. I get up every morning just like y'all do. The sun rises in the east just like it does on y'all. Everything about my life is just like y'all's. I have hurts, pains, oldness, blindness. I'm getting death. I've got all the things y'all have. So we're all in it together, aren't we? But my encouragement comes from when I see John and I say, hey, John, how you doing this morning? He says, I'm doing good. How's life going? Going great. Doing good. Okay. Is there anything I can help you with? Well, Jerry, you know, I'm having a little bit of trouble with my eyes. Pray for him. I'm praying for you. I can. But that's the way we do it, right? Now, in that conversation I had with John, did I insult him? Did I call him names? Did I accuse him of not being a Christian? Did I accuse him of not being right with God? No. I had a conversation with him. The worst tool that Christian people use is their holier-than-thou attitude. Condemnation for somebody because they're not like you. Maybe they're not on the same level as you, but they're just like you. And you were where they are at one time. I promise you, all of you were. At one time, you knew nothing about God. You knew nothing about how to live for God. You hadn't been preached at. You hadn't been yelled at by a preacher that's not afraid to tell you the truth. So, where where's our responsibility lie? I remember a young man in this church eating breakfast, had no idea of what was going on. Some crazy preacher man walked up to him at a table in a restaurant and talked to him about God. Praise God, right? Praise God. You don't know who you're going to touch. I saw a table full of old men, and they had something in common with me. We're all veterans. And I was talking to them as veterans. Ended up, I found a new man of God. Just by accident. I didn't target him. I didn't go out to make him listen to me. But it happened that I was at the right place at the right time. I wasn't in my house, laying in my bed, watching gun smoke. It was a little bit inconvenient to get up that morning at 7.30 in the morning, or 6.30 in the morning, take a shower, get dressed, drive out to Allen. It's a little bit of an inconvenience. But thank God I was there. Thank God he got up and came. Because our destinies hit at the same place at the same time. 
and a result of God erupted. Can you be in that position too? Can you be at the right place at the right time and do what God appointed you to do? Sure you can. You can do it, can't you? If you get up and do it. If you get out there and go do it. I promise you this. You may find a few people that come to your house every once in a while that you might be able to talk to God about. But how many people are actually going to come knock on your door and ask for God? How many of them are actually going to come up there? Hey, Jr. can I talk to you about God? They ain't going to do it. You got to go where they are. You got to be out there where they're at. You see, Jesus didn't say us, say us. Jesus didn't say us, sit at the house and wait for somebody to come. He said, go out into the highways and the byways and search for my people. Oh, I got to put out some effort on this? I got to do something? I don't want to. I don't want to. I know, I'm just kind of getting my head right here. He has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Mm-mm-mm. Can y'all relate to that verse? Can y'all relate to that verse about it's softer than oil, sweeter than candy, almost like cotton candy, but when you speak, it's like a sword that cuts deep into your heart, deep into your spirit. You can do it in love, can't you? But you got to do it. Don't be angry at people. Don't go out there with malice against them. Go out there in kindness, gentleness, and love on them. And spread the word of God. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Jesus said, I give you two new commandments. Love your God with all your mind, body, heart, and soul. And the second was, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody. Who are we supposed to love? Who are we supposed to tell about God? Everybody. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do you want to be yelled at? Do you want me screaming at you about God? Do you want me chastising you because you don't live the way I think you should? Do you want me pointing my finger at you and saying, you're a bad person? No, you don't want that. But when I speak to you about God, the words that come out is a double-edged sword. Penetrates deep into your spirit. But it also should kill part of your flesh. Mm -mm. I never thought about that, did you? Every time you speak something in somebody's life, every time you speak about God in somebody's life, you're killing off part of the devil's hold. 
Diane's going, I don't know if she agrees with me or she's fixing to throw something at me. <laughs> but guys, it's basic, simple things that we can do. It's loving each other. Yes, you're going to have troubles coming into your life. I promise you that. You're going to have upset things, things that upset you. You're going to have things that you don't like. But don't depend on yourself. Don't depend on your understanding of things. The Bible says, lean not onto your understanding. Why does he tell us that? Because we don't understand. We don't get it. We don't understand God's ways, do we? And how can we? He's the creator, not us. He created us. Can we be as can we be smarter than the creator? Huh? Not likely. Not even close. And can I judge the creator? But can the creator judge me? Not only can he, he will. He will judge me according to my works. And if he judges me according to my works, without the blood of Christ in my life, y'all knew this was coming. Without the blood of Christ in my life and I stand before God for judgment, what do you think my chances are? There's a snowball in a place that's really warm, has a better chance than I do. Because without Christ in my life, I have no righteousness. I have no right being in God's place. I have to accept Christ. If you're in this place or in the sound of my voice today, and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to. You need to do that. I'm not going to say you have to, but you need to. And you need to turn your life over to Him. Because without Him, you have nothing. You have hell. God is coming back. Let me reassure you of that. Christ has done everything He said He was going to do. He's coming back. He's coming back to get His children. The Bible says, The dead in Christ shall rise, and the living of my children will join them in the heavens. What do you say about the dead and that's not in Christ? What do you say about that? Moaning and mashing of teeth, and you will be put into the pits of hell with Satan. I don't want to see that. I don't even want to know about that happening. What I want to see and what I want to know is that every person I know, every person I see, receives Christ and goes to heaven with us. That's what I want. That's what God wants. He said, I send my son that none should perish. They shouldn't perish. There will be some that don't accept him. And we've got to get over that. Do I have to accept it? Yeah, I'm going to fight it all the way to my last breath. And I'm going to preach until the day I die. I'm going to preach God and I'm going to preach salvation until the day I die. Could be tomorrow, could be next week, or in y'all's case, could be a hundred years from now. I don't know. 
But I know this. When I die, and I take my last breath on this earth, I don't have to worry about where I'm going because I know that I know that I know that I will be standing in the gates of heaven and he will say to me, well done, my good and faithful child. Can you say that too? Can you say that today? Can you say if you take your last breath today that your next breath will be in heaven? If you can't say it and you don't thoroughly convinced 100%, 99% sure, no better time than right now to get that way. No matter where you're at, where you're hearing this preaching from, what day of the week it is, what hour of the day it is, if this is speaking to you, right now is your moment. If you're in this room with me and you're just tired and you're beaten up and you're broken down and you don't understand what God's trying to do in your life, maybe He's trying to tell you you need a relationship with Him. And what is a relationship, guys? A relationship is just not knowing somebody, is it? It's not knowing who somebody is. It's putting actions to yourself. It's about becoming one with that person. Can you become one with God? You bet you can. All you got to do is start talking to Him and start studying His Word. It's easy to do, isn't it? Really? That's why so many people don't do it. Because it's not that easy. It is easy, but it's not easy. Because you have to be willing to give up some stuff you don't want to give up. You got to quit living the way you've always lived. You got to start trusting in something that you can't even see. But you know what? It's there for you right now. All you got to do is bow your head and close your eyes. Come on. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to repeat this prayer. Wherever you're at around the world, wherever you're at right now, just say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father God, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need your forgiveness. I believe that your Son is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And that you sent Him here to save me. I accept your free gift. And I'll live my life accordingly. In the name of Jesus, I ask to be saved. Amen. Ooh, that's powerful. If you prayed that prayer anywhere in the world today, in this room, across this country, across this world, wherever you are in your life, if you prayed that prayer today, do me a favor. Send me a message on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, email, Twitter. Did I say it right this time? <laughs> I'm getting better. Just, and if you, if you don't do it that way, do it the way me and John do. There's a phone number on there. Call that phone number. That's the best way to contact somebody, guys. I'd rather call you and talk to you than I had to send you an email. Because that email stuff freaks me out. And when it, gets, when it gets past five sentences, it takes me an hour to type it. So 
Call me on the phone. Let me know what's going on in your life. If you need prayer, touch base with us. And if you're in another city, another state, another country, <coughs> I know there are pastors out there at other churches that have the same heart that we have in this church about God. Find you a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-chunking, rock-throwing preacher that ain't afraid to tell you the truth because I'd rather empty the building with the truth than to fill it with lies. Do you understand what I just said? I'd rather have a few people that hear the Word of God and the truth. And if I offend you, I make you mad, I've done my job. That's all there is to it. God bless you. God keep you safe. God keep you strong. I pray for financial blessings over your house. I pray today that the Holy Spirit enters the dwelling place that you live in and puts up residence there. I pray for health. I pray that a blessing of health falls on you. I pray a blessing of reconstruction. Reconstruction of families. Reconstructions of spirits. I ask that you be blessed coming and going. Be healed by the stripes of Jesus. Walk with God in everything you do. Trust Him with all your things. Love Him with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And today, receive a blessing from the Holy Spirit that has fallen on all of us. And let it rock your world. Sing praise, worship God, walk with Him, and stand fast in the love of Jesus. This I pray for each one of you in the sound of my voice. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.